And now, welcome with me to the show. He is the Polk County Live Theater Guy. John FedQ is here. John, good morning. How are you? Good. Good morning, everyone. Great to be here as usual. Mm. So as happy we happy to have you. Of well, course. thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure. Mm. As we delve into uh, this week's segment, uh, as you know, I like to just keep everyone up to date with what's going on with live theater in our county. And mm-hmm. so this weekend is the last weekend for big over at Lakeland Community Theater. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, now's your chance. Um, if you always wanted to see a, 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 a live theater version of a film, because that's what Big was originally, right? It was a, it was a film starring yes. Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Then this is your opportunity to see that as mm. well. And you can, you'll be able to see the differences between the two. Yeah. Many things will be the same, but um, they do have their differences for obvious reasons. So anyway, this is last weekend. If you're looking for something to do in, in that arena, please go check it out. Well, and, and I don't know if you know this, and, and I don't mean to, to you know, uh, butt into your no, uh, please your, do. your thought process. Uh, but I'm just wondering, because it seems to me that it used to be uh, movies would be made from theater productions. Yes. A, 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 a play would be on Broadway, and then uh, some film producer would uh, make a movie of that. Yes, yes. Uh, but now it goes the other way around. Is that a shift that... Is that like a full shift, or is it just now? Just sometimes that happens now, or I'm going to go from what I've seen. It's it's a sometimes thing. Okay. Um, you see what you understand what I'm trying. I to say. I know exactly what you're saying, and, yeah. and you're actually 100 percent right. There was there's actually a book that lists all of the live theater adaptations uh, into film, and you're absolutely right. Mm. Uh, for many, 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 many decades. Something would get launched on stage, and then the rights would be sold to a producer to turn it into a film. So there's an old movie called Dial M for Murder that yeah. Alfred Hitchcock made yeah. with Grace Kelly, which is outstanding. And what's interesting, based on this conversation, is that when Hitchcock made that movie, he intentionally did not open it up, which meant he basically filmed the play. Now, it was a film, meaning that, you know, you could buy into the reality of the flat they lived in and the characters that inhabited the story, and you forget very quickly that it's really only in one setting. Yeah. But what they would do, producers, is they would take that play and they would add exterior scenes, they would add additional scenes, Mm. they might bring in a few hundred people for extras, um... For example, War Horse was a play that Spielberg saw. Mm. I'm still trying to figure out how they did it on stage. But that was a play, and, and he turned that into a film. But Dial M for Murder, when Hitchcock did that, did it intentionally in keeping the movie as close to the play as possible. And I think it's unbelievably effective and still holds up to this day. Okay. However... Over time, since film and television became more and more popular, you do see the opposite now, right? Mm-hmm. So you have SpongeBob the Musical, yeah, right. correct? TV sure, Grease, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Mama Mia, I think was a play first, and then it became a film. But you know, now you have more of this back and forth. But yeah, for decades, it it was a play first okay. and then a film. All right. Mm. Uh, as far as what's new in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, We'll just get this one out of the way. Outlaw Posse. 
<laughs> a Western set in 1908 starring Mario Van Peebles, who some of you may remember as Sonny Spoon back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, I had no idea he was still working, and and I had <laughs> he no used to idea. Make a lot of those like B movies or made for TV movies. He would be in a lot of those, and yeah. Well, this caught my interest because it says Outlaw Posse, and he had that movie called Posse. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming this is a sequel. Well, it's not a sequel. Uh, it's it's actually uh, uh, it's what's called a a universe movie. So it's a movie that's in the same universe as the original. But it's not a direct sequel. So sometimes what will happen is is a director like a Quentin Tarantino is he'll take some characters from one movie and then he'll plug them into something else. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, so he did that in this one. Yeah. So that's what this guy did in this one. So I just thought that was interesting because I had no idea that that was coming out. <laughs> the, the big yeah. one coming out right now is Dune Part yes. Two. Uh, I don't know if anyone... You know, listening, saw the first one. I think it was very successful. I remember you were saying you did. I did not. I struggled with it because the director didn't seem to move anybody. If you all remember, it was just like watching still painting after shot, after shot, after shot. But apparently this one is the big, you know, intergalactic fight Mm -hmm. battles, scene, stuff like that. It's got excellent reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. And so if you're a fan of the first one, not the original one, 1984, but if you're a fan of the first one, yeah. congratulations. Part two has arrived. And I think it's just over three hours. So whatever uh, whatever you were hoping for, hopefully you'll get it this weekend in Dune Part 2. Okay. Um, or you can read the book. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> well, mean, I mean, that's uh, what yeah. I did. I, I, yeah. I read the book. And- mm-hmm. I, read I saw the original in 1984. I did too. You know, I I, I thought yeah uh, about that one, but uh, I thought Sting. Was I, I don't mind. <laughs> Why? I, 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 what? I I don't get too critical when I watch a movie. I That's think, good. Is is what it is. Yeah. You just enjoy it for what it is. Good exactly. For you. I, I don't I don't try to. Good for you. I don't I don't go into anything with the My expectations. No, that's you know. good. You go in for the enjoyment. I'm not nearly as critical as I used to be. I mean, before I used to, you know, overanalyze everything, and now Wait. I just decide whether or not I enjoy it. Aren't you supposed to be the movie critic? Well, sure. It doesn't mean I don't have an opinion. It just means I'm not as critical as I used to be. So, But, but that's your job. You're supposed to be the movie critic. You're supposed to be critical. Well, yeah, I am, but that doesn't mean I just... Just not as critical? As I'm not as critical. Not as critical as I used to be. Like I said, I used to okay. overanalyze all of it, you know? So so let me let me bring this up real quick in that vein that yes. you're referring to, Laurier. Yes. So there's a movie out called Ordinary Angels. Okay. And we talked about that last week. Yes. Well, I decided to go see it. And what did you think, John? It's 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 a very, very good movie. Okay. Oh, okay. It gets a little bit slow in the third act. The third act is when the plan comes together and everything's supposed to speed up and you get to your climax and stuff like that. Well, that's a bit critical, don't you think? But it, it's it's a <laughs> <Wow>. good <laughs> It's a, it's a good movie. Uh, Rex Reed liked it, yeah. which I was um, shocked. I yeah, I was <laughs> surprised to to read that. He doesn't like. Here here's here's the thing. I just want to I just want to bring up in regard to this particular film. I don't know if y'all have seen it or not. I have not. Um, it's about uh, uh, an alcoholic hairdresser uh, <laughs> who decides. Yep, played by Hilary Swank, who is absolutely oh, fan. She's fantastic. I mean, she was absolutely fantastic, she wonderful. It. She decides to help this family 
uh, this man whose wife dies and his daughter has terminal liver uh, failure. Oh, boy. And so she basically invites herself into their lives and, you know, flips their lives upside down. And it's a true story. And, you know, the measures that they took to not only the measures that this woman took to not only help this family go so far beyond what you would consider helpful. I mean, it was, it was, it really is incredible. And if you'd read it or heard about it in real life, I'm sure you would have thought that'd make a great movie. Right. And it does. Here's the thing. And, and, and this is what I want to bring up. I All see, I hear is she was like intruding into their life. Yeah. Well, she did, but she, she, she did awesome things for them without okay. spoiling it for everybody. All right. But, but here's the point I want to make. Here's this man, right? Who's, Half a million dollars in debt. His wife has died. Uh, his daughter has uh, liver failure. And here's this community rallying around each other to help them. I just want to know where the government is in all this, right? That's what I want to throw out there. Mm. Why? Why? And this is what happens when I watch a film like this because it's very uplifting and it's very engaging and it's and it's and it's a good film. It's a good movie, and you have good performances. And I really have nothing negative to say about it, except it was a little bit slow in the third act. But, but I just kept thinking to myself, where is the help from the federal government? Why isn't the federal government, you know, accessible to maybe get some money to alleviate some medical expenses? Where were they to help get some transportation? Everything was done by the private sector, and I just think to myself, if you're Marco Rubio or you're Rick Scott and you're listening. Let's hear from you. Let's see what you can do to help the common man because it really did drive me a little bit batty watching it because these people went above and beyond to rescue this little girl and it was all done through private donation and 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 the private sector. Mm. So anyway, there's my rant for the moment. That's okay. it. That's that was fun. your soapbox. That was my soapbox. You yeah. got it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, some people might think that that means we would have a nanny state then. That Well, it's open for debate. So, it was just an idea that popped into my mind watching the movie. I hear you. <laughs> Lennon Lorianne here with John Fedke. He's the Polk County Live Theater guy. John, what is happening, my friend? So, mm. good to see everybody. Hello. <laughs> How are you? So, one of the things that, um, you know, kind of affects films in general is time, right? Mm -hmm. So we go see something, you know, five years ago and it's phenomenal. And then we watch it again five years later and then 10 years later. And it's like, well, that's kind of cheesy. And, you know, that's, that's not as fun as I remember it being and stuff like that. Case in point is Soylent Green. Okay. Let's talk about <laughs> Soylent Green. What, what, what about Soylent Green? At the time, spoiler my, alert, my understanding was. <laughs> People had no idea what the ending was going to be. It was just shock. It was crazy. And if you watch it today, about, I don't know, four minutes into the film, maybe, you figure it out. Okay. <laughs> the The other thing with Soylent Green, because I, I like Soylent Green. Um, Soylent it was really Green, good. Well, it, it's good, but it, it just, it, it again, you're absolutely right. It, it doesn't hold up well. And it's not even so much that it's about guessing how the ending is going to finish. Mm -hmm. But it, it's just some of the... The wardrobe. 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, some of, yeah, and, and there was a lot to and, that. Yeah, like, oh. and some of the effects are a little, you know, cheesy, eh, right? Yeah. Cheesy. I don't know if I believe yeah. that. And yada, but yada, that's yada. the time, though, you know. And, and, and you know, probably what has aged the worst over time are the '80s movies soundtracks. Oh, yes. Rocky aside, yes. <laughs> or Rocky two or three or four, whatever it was. Right. Breakfast Club. Ten. But some of that <laughs> synthesized music. Yes. Oh my. Gosh, it just, I mean, oh my God. What gosh. are you trying to say, John? It's horrible. It's like, I know, whoa. 16 Candles is pretty still good. And, uh, well, you know. well, I have this list here from Screen Crush, um, you know, uh, listing the movies that did not age well in their opinion. Mm. And 16 Candles is on it. Oh, it's such a good movie. So that's what you're saying, but they and would Breakfast disagree. Club, that was a good movie. has a good soundtrack. Well, well, they're not saying the soundtrack's bad. They're no, just no, no. saying they think the movie didn't age well. Is cheesy in the fact of the the theme and that's know, correct. Plot, that, 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 yeah, that's 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 correct. Right? And 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 some things I actually I do agree with. Um, you know, you, you kind of watch some stuff over the past couple decades, and and you think to yourself, I, I thought the society was a little more progressive than this. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we should or shouldn't be a progressive society. What I'm saying is is that. Uh, you know, some of the narrative coming out of the mainstream news media and stuff like that, you would think, what are these artists doing, mm-hmm. right? That's that's supposed to be insensitive. That's um, that's supposed to be uncalled for, stuff like that. Oh, and, so this is what they're looking at. It. Yeah. Through that sort of a lens. Okay, well, let's get to those so before we run out of time. So let's start at, what time do we have here? We have about a minute. A minute. minute and All 20 right. seconds. So, so, so let's start at number five mm. is American Beauty. Okay. Four is Braveheart. Mm-hmm. Three is Forrest Gump. Yeah. Two is Sixteen Candles, and number one is Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. So now, what are they saying? So they're saying once in that sort of a lens that you were talking about. That's what how they didn't age well. Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 odd because I think between American your, Beauty, I mean, I think these are odd choices yeah. line, to pick movies that they don't believe aged well. Sixteen uh, Candles, I can agree with, based on maybe it's because they know the, that uh, Kevin Spacey doesn't like little girls; he likes little boys. That could be it too. Uh, so, uh, that, see, with that revelation, now it doesn't age well. One? Yeah, and I just watched I don't this get a couple Ghost months Buster. ago. Why would that be on the list? I don't. That's I just but watched that the other day, and it held up. I thought it held up great. They're saying their once loved movies now are cringy. Yes. What's cringy about it though? So what's cringy about Ghostbusters? So let's look at 16 Candles because I think that's the one that's the most obvious. I think that if, you know, you're looking at the, uh, what is it, stereotypical racial content and the over-sexualized, you know. Teenagers and stuff. Maybe that's what it is. Then that I can get on board with. But Ghostbusters, it works just as well today as it did in 1984. Leave it alone. What makes it cringe? I wouldn't cringe at any of it. Me neither. (laughs) I just watched it. It's good. I I love the movie. (laughs) Thank you. John Fedke is the Polk County Live Theater guy. You get to hear him every Friday at 730, and I'll put the replay on our Facebook page if you want to check that out later on, too. John, thank you very much. Always great to see you. Always a pleasure. Love being here.